You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. It's a drunk podcast. I can rim like a motherfucker. You already saw my Sullivan in San Diego. He got a golden shower. Bundy just fucking cream pied Albano. I've been drunk. I've never been cum drunk. Woo! What's up, drunk marks and drunk marquettes? Welcome to 205 Jive. This is the drunk wrestling adventure designed to go easy on our historians' livers. I'm Adam, your designated host. They are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. Let us drink till thine asses are drunk. And this is Scott. Win if you can. Lose if you must. But always cheat. And drink. Always, always drink. drink. I threw it in you. Uh, All right. You ran over the top of me. Sorry. But always drink. So you're saying you like it when Eddie's on top, or I always do. Have you seen us all of it? I saw it in San Diego. It was glorious. He prefers when I'm. <laughs> he prefers me from behind, to be honest. Nice. I've never seen Welcome a head lying on the floor. Welcome everyone to our episode. We hope uh, you enjoy what we have planned for all of you. In the meantime, head over to whatamaneuver.net. Head over and uh, get those Drunk Wrestling History t-shirts and assorted clothing. Great soft quality material for on-demand printing. Whatamaneuver.net. Please. And <laughs> and thank you. Yeah. Not please and thank you. Buy a fucking shirt. We got shit to pay for. <laughs> Buy a fucking shirt. God damn it. You know, we're always nice to you guys. Meetups. Compliments. That dude in India. Buy a fucking yeah. shirt already. Help 90 for fucking shit. episodes of entertainment. Right. Almost 100. Buy a fucking shirt already. <laughs> for Christ's sake. We Alcohol's not cheap. To pay. Podbean's not cheap. We got to pay for that shit. Buy a shirt. <laughs> all right, Adam. See, let's let's get going see on what this. You all, see what you've all done? All right. Enough spanking right. the listeners. Po- positivity. Positivity. Uh, we are going... Or... We're not going back to the year of our Lord. Assorted years of our Lord. Uh, <laughs> looking back on who we believe should be part of this year's Hall of Fame class. That's true. Yeah. So here's the particular format that we have. Uh, although it doesn't seem to be an official one uh, by general patterns that take place... Uh, our drunk wrestling historians have extracted what those categories may be. Well, it's not official to... in in as they've mentioned it publicly, but there's definitely a um, a formula for putting putting together a Hall of Fame class. Very and much. We're gonna so. stick. We're gonna stick to that Hall of Fame class uh, formula. So the categories that we have are a dead or deceased wrestler or figure. Uh, that is involved in uh, a dead wrestling. or deceased wrestler. Uh, it's a drunk podcast. Uh, <laughs> it, it's one or the other. I you can't have both. Okay. I'm going to go deceased. 
Thank you. A celebrity. Uh, or a famous person. Or or a famous person. <laughs> a person of color. Or. <laughs> I mean. Okay, that's just what I was texted. So well, that was what that was. Yeah, we we mentioned this. So pull, pulling the curtain back, like we fucked up. My card fucked up, and this is our second time recording this episode. We were ten minutes in last time, and everything fucking fell apart. But um, I had mentioned that Scott had trouble with the person of color category because he was like, "What do we call that?" I was like, "Person of color," and he was like, "Oh, really?" Like he was. <laughs> but there's not a good name for it, right? Like, well, there's no, there isn't a name. Non-American? There's, well, there's not know. a name for... No, of course, they're all... Booker no, T's American. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, fuck. You're going to kill me, Adam. <laughs> fuck. No, Scott lives out in the fucking Central Valley like a fucking hillbilly. So he doesn't oh. know, you know... <laughs> he's a, hillbilly. Whatever, person of color. Fucking, I prefer redneck. Uh, thank you. All right, moving on. <laughs> moving the on. Democratic Woman. redneck. Thank you. <laughs> oh, don't say that. You're going to get fucking... We're going to lose half our... Oh, followers. we're not picking sides. I'm sorry. A woman. A tag team. Yes. Two mid-carters. And a headliner. So, we'll just name a category. We'll... And, uh... Say who we think should uh, occupy that category in this year's Hall of Fame class. And uh, for reference, oh well, yeah, this current year is the year of our Lord, 2022. And uh, WrestleMania takes place in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, so our first time around, we decided to uh, start with the person who was dead. And Scott went first. And now this is take two of this episode. So Scott, why don't you start with the person who is dead? Uh, the corpse that I picked would be Vader. Fuck. Okay. That's well, I mean, look, category. person who's dead. Uh, come on. All right. right. Like, okay. So if we're going to do the paint by numbers, WWE hall of fame, the person who is deceased, how is Vader not in the hall of fame yet? The guy was a WCW champion, mm-hmm. had an incredible run in Japan. He was part of a decent run in the WWE headlined a SummerSlam with Shawn Michaels. I've got to pick Vader for this one. The second best big man of all time, I might add. Yeah, I totally agree with you. He should have been in there in the first damn place. Like, we shouldn't have had to wait wait for this. He should have been in there five, six years ago. Yeah, please explain to me why in 2022 we're arguing for Vader to be part of the WWE Hall of Fame. Fucking put him in. Well, and the thing is, it's it's that format, and you can only put in six or seven a year, you know? Yes, exactly. And they try to do, a lot of times they try to do, like, this person is from this city where WrestleMania is this year. Right. So, right. I mean, I can see it. I'm, I don't. I don't feel like it was a snub. It was just, you know, no one it, thought well, it's unfortunate that he has to wait until after he's dead to go in because he's going to go in at some point. Right. But unfortunately, he's deceased. So now you have to have, you know, next of kin or something put him into the Hall of Fame, and that's a damn shame that Vader can't be there himself. True that. True that. Thank you. All right, Adam, you want to go next? I'll go next. Uh, My pick is going to be Bam Bam Bigelow. Love it. I mean, as much high praise that I get from Scott and from all the pay-per-views that uh, I've seen from him. So 
I mean, Bam Bam's not my era, but I've definitely been introduced to him through the WrestleMania uh, where he takes on uh, Lawrence Taylor. I mean, a non-wrestler and made him look like a star. Mm-hmm. And it was and a decent match. So I think that just speaks levels on his part. Also, just being a big guy that has fantastic fundamentals, can, can jump around, move around in the ring... Uh, I think it speaks highly of him. Uh, I've definitely enjoyed him in every uh, ECW pay-per-view that uh, we've done and he's appeared in. So I definitely think Bam Bam Bigelow deserves it. And Adam, let, also, me, yeah. let me add to your uh, nomination of Bam Bam Bigelow here. Was at the inaugural Survivor Series as one of the final guys against Andre the Giant? Mm-hmm. That is a big fucking that's deal. That's huge. Yeah, no, that's absolutely mm-hmm. huge. You're 100% right, Adam. That is a huge deal to be in the ring, one of the final guys with Andre the Giant. The company has big plans for you. Unfortunately, ultimately, they did not have big plans for Bam Bam Bigelow, but at the 1987 Survivor Series, the first one, he was the final guy against Andre the Giant. That's a big deal. I had no idea that was the case, and that just makes the case even more. I love well, it. let's add... Let's add that pay-per-view to the list of uh, episode ideas. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. Let's do it. Nice. Okay. Survivor uh, I Series I'm... is 21 already, right? So. Oh, dude. Survivor Series or... is like fucking oh, 34 yeah, that, Oh, yeah. Something. You, you said 80-something. So yeah, 87 yeah. was the inaugural. 87. It's, yeah. It's the end of the week and math is hard, so, you know. 35. <laughs> Going to be 35 this year. Wow. It's like it's hard it like can... algebra. Survivor <laughs> Series can run for president. All right. <laughs> um, go, ahead. go ahead. Okay, so I'm going to go with mine. Um, my first pick was actually Bam Bam, and I was like, I actually thought, Scott, you were going to come up with Bam Bam. So I was trying to, um, part of my thought process in picking mine was I did. I wanted to make sure I didn't pick anyone that everybody else picked or anybody else picked. Um, so I was trying to go sort of a little bit off the fucking radar to make sure there was no overlap. I do have some alternates just in case, but in this one, I don't, and I didn't need one. My pick for... Uh, a um, dead wrestling uh, personality is the great Miss Elizabeth. Oh, good choice, dude. Right? Like, that's mm-hmm. to me, I was like, how did the they. The First not Lady put of Wrestling. In... Yeah, the First Lady of Wrestling. Um, I don't know how they didn't put her in, I don't, or why they didn't put her in the same time as Macho Man. Like, it should have been like a dual induction. Like, they should have just had Lanny Poffo put them both in together. Agreed. Um, Agreed. I think if. I think if they win or if they do, Lanny Poppo should still be the one unless there's just some other person in her life that I'm not aware of that would Luger. be meaningful. Well, yeah, Luger would be, that'd be kind of weird to come up there and talk about how he killed her. I mean, um, I mean put her in the ground. He may as well put her in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would just be kind of bad form. Um, <laughs> but um, honestly, as far as her credentials, she doesn't have any um she was but she just was a huge part of macho man's presentation um macho man as great as he was in the 80s wouldn't have been that great without her he would have been 75 80 percent maybe 85 percent as good without her but he wouldn't have been quite as good without her like she really added a lot to him i agree with you um yeah um she was as big of a deal. Like if you know anyone who was like kind of, so like my mom didn't watch wrestling in the eighties. She knows exactly who the fuck Elizabeth is. You know what I mean? Like she was right there. She was this household of a name at that time as Macho Man, Warrior and Hogan were, 
You know, so she you would call like that an, an icon. She would have been an icon. She would have been the fourth. She had to be like the third or fourth most famous person in the WWE at the time. Yep. And if you weren't around back then, like WWE was fucking huge back then. Like you're talking Saturday Night's main event got 25 million viewers, you know, as opposed to Raw getting like a million and three quarters now. So like they were on fire and she was right there, even though she didn't really do anything. She was right there in the middle of it. She was just as famous as anyone. Um, and as far as things she did on my list, she was right there by Macho Man's side at all of her matches. She did the thing at, I think it was seven, where she came and tossed Sherry out on the ring by her hair. Yep. And to she... To set up the wedding at SummerSlam. To set up the wedding at SummerSlam. And the best thing she did was she cost Bill Goldberg a title shot by getting him arrested for no reason. God bless her. God <laughs> And that's it. Let's move on to the next uh, category. Next category is a celebrity. Who's up? Well, you, because you started first, right? So I'm I'm going Cindy Lauper. Okay. I, how can you argue against her? She was at the inaugural WrestleMania, right? This is kind of the argument I made for Adam's pick of Bam Bam Bigelow as the dead person to go in. Again, I, I hate to use that term dead person. It's it's a whole paint by numbers thing that WWE uses with their Hall of Fame. It's the same right. concept every single year. But the celebrity of Cindy Lauper cannot be denied when it comes to WrestleMania 1. She was a huge draw. Without her, WrestleMania 1 probably still would have been a success cuz you still had Mr. T, you had mm -hmm. Liberace, but dude, without Cindy Lauper, who was the queen of pop at the time, in 85, maybe it isn't the success that it was. A lesser success. A lesser success. Thank you. She's got to go into the Hall of Fame. For her contributions to wrestling, she is my celebrity pick for the Hall of Fame. Absolutely agree. Great pick. Great pick. Great pick. And that's the one who every year we're like, is it? Is this her year? Is that, you know what I mean? Like what, kind of like, what's going on? Like, why is she not in there yet? And I don't know if, uh, maybe I mentioned this before. I know we talked about her on the celebrities episode, um, which is like episode two. Um, so go back yeah. and listen to that if you've not heard it. Um, where I I mentioned that she was on stage singing in an amphitheater and a pigeon fucking um, tested into her mouth. But um, <laughs> there and, was Eddie, a for the record, what is tested? The uh, dutying. Um, but there was a Thank rumor you. a few years ago that WWE had asked her to go into the Hall of Fame and she said no. And I actually saw Lance Storm tweeted that he had heard that she responded to Lance Storm's tweet and said, that's not true. They never asked me to go in the hall of fame. So I don't know what the fuck is going on. They've got to make the ask. She was yeah, such a I, huge part of WrestleMania one. I would argue more so than Muhammad Ali. Oh, fuck it. Way more, way, 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 way more, way when, more. Cause she was there for the whole lead up to the show and everything. Muhammad Ali just came in there and fucking looked confused for a minute. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. No, she definitely, um, I, she's not my pick because I thought someone else was going to pick her, but I would actually say that she's the number. She's like the top person, the top celebrity who's not in there. Like if there's one person who yes. should be the most, it's her. Um, so you pick the right person. Thank you. Yes, Mattel well has given us a Mr. T wrestling figure. I would like to ask for a Cindy Lauper next because Cindy Lauper is not only deserving of a Hall of Fame spot, she is deserving of a wrestling figure. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Mine. I'm going with cop, 
Dr. Diesel, the big Aristotle, four-time NBA champion, Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. I like that a lot. I thought you were going to go Jay Leno, Adam, honestly, when I saw this category. (laughs) I thought you were going to pick Jay Leno. Okay, so two things. One, I'm very Team Coco. Um, Okay. Back back during that. Like Ice T's wife? No, like Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien, if you Uh, remember that whole debacle. Yes. But I definitely considered him. Okay. I I just I think he does deserve it. Probably just not this class because of geography. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Why, why I, I totally like it. Why because of geography? Where is he from? Or um, we play for the Orlando Magic. <laughs> Wait, no, you're I talking know. about Leno or Shaq? Shaq. No. Shaq. Uh, oh, Shaq's from uh, Louisiana. Well, that's right next door to Texas. Right. Yeah. So I'm figuring that for God, Leno. God willing, 40 will be in New Orleans. So that, that would be the yeah. year. God I mean, willing. Like so, 100% God willing, yeah. Vince, if you're listening. God willing, Vince willing. Put fucking WrestleMania 40 in Louisiana. <laughs> specifically at NOLA. Yeah. But build a new fucking football stadium. Thank you. Saint Stadium sucks my balls. That's true. Yeah. We should do an episode about uh, where we rank the WrestleMania stadiums. That's yeah. going to be the worst fucking one. Nola would be dead fucking last. Trash. Yep. Garbage. And that includes fucking SummerSlam Stadium for having the fucking network shut down and no food available. I'd rather be in the Vegas Stadium with no food or beer than be in the New Orleans Stadium with food and beer. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's a fact, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> That's a drunk fact. Okay, uh, I wouldn't put Leno in this class because he he's from Boston and shows in L.A. Uh, so I just don't think he would be centered around here, but for future consideration. So Shaq, uh, centered uh, or geography, it's uh, close to Louisiana, so I definitely think it works. This is where he was in the uh, Andre the Giant uh, Battle Royal, had that moment with Big Show. It was... As far as I'm aware of, it was at uh, this stadium, at uh, AT&T Stadium. Uh, also, several appearances in WCW and WWE. True. The kickoff of I, Hulkamania in WCW when he yes. beat Ric Flair for the title. Yes. I definitely think he has a fa- he's a big factor in that, and he des- he deserves uh, recognition. 100% agree, Adam. Good pick. Very okay. good. Okay, I'm going to go with my celebrity. My celebrity... And I base this solely on age because um, I feel that this person will be dead soon. Snooky. And they, and they don't do... <laughs> Sonny. Um, <laughs> they don't do dead celebrities. And I'm uh, not... I'm Honestly, I'm not making a joke because I picked... I, I had like three or four celebrities. I was like, oh, this would be good. This would be good. But I was like, well, let's get this one because this is an old person. I'm going with the great... Ted Turner. Oh, shit. Oh. I think Ted Turner should be in the Hall of Fame, obviously, because not even so much for owning WCW, but he was the first guy. He put um, he put WCW, which it would have been Crockett, right? Crockett's NWA, which the television show was World Championship Wrestling. He put that on TV in like 81, 1980, something like the really early 80s. First time wrestling had had. So he owned the first Superstation, which would have been the first 
He was the first guy to have a local TV station that went nationwide. He was right there at the very beginning of cable TV. Um, so if you're young, you don't understand. Like back then, like you had channels you could only watch in certain areas. It doesn't. It's not really a thing anymore because um, you you guys all just stream shit on whatever the fuck Directv stream, which sucks. Um, Turner not only did he put Crockett Promotions on his channel, he also just was kind of he built his channel around that. They had the biggest television show on his channel for years and years and years. Um, even later on, so he ended up, ended up eventually buying out Crockett, turning into WCW, and he was sort of hands off, but he was always he always wanted that show on his television cha- channel. Um, even when it got to be a bigger thing, he had executives within his company who wanted to get rid of WCW, and he was like, "No, we're not getting rid of WCW. Wrestling built my channel." wrestling will always be on my channel he eventually got pushed out because you know went public blah 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 blah, blah. they did the AOL Time Warner merger but to me Ted Turner as far as a celebrity goes he was never on TV I don't know if he was I'm not sure someone can correct me on this I'm not sure he was ever on TV um, in a wrestling uh, as far uh, as I know he was not in a wrestling context, I'm not sure if he, if he was ever on TV. I don't but, believe he was, dude. Yeah, but he played as much a part in the late 80s, or actually from the early 80s to the late 90s for, you know, 18, 17, 18 years. Yeah. Turner was as influential as an important of a person in wrestling as he would have been like the number two guy next to Vince. And um, I mean, I guess he's, you know, he's one of those guys like you wouldn't call him a celebrity. A lot of people wouldn't recognize him if he walked down the a street next to them. Figure. But he's a—he's not a wrestler. He's not a wrestling personality. He's someone on the outside. So I would put him in the in the Hall of Fame as a celebrity. And um, and like I said, I'm picking him for this year based on not that he deserves it more than other people, but he's like 200 years old. Like let's put him in the Hall of Fame while he's still alive. Is he still alive? Fuck, I hope so. Okay, um, I didn't yeah, know I think, that. On yeah. it, on it. Yeah. Okay. No, he's, he's alive. His, uh, his alive. No, he's totally, he's to- he's totally alive still. Okay, oh, he's alive. I could see Vince getting off on that. Actually, like I'm gonna put this dude who thought he was my challenger into my Hall of Fame. Well, and Vince is one of those guys, right? Like Eric Bischoff, like made it his mission to put Vince out of business, and two years after he failed, Vince hired him. You know what I mean? Right, like Vince is right. not one. Like Vince is definitely one of those guys who's like business is business. Like I don't hold anything against anyone. Like and especially Vince. Like nobody played. Nobody ever played fucking dirtier than that motherfucker. Good point. And you know, like definitely the dude respects the game. You yeah. know, like I guarantee there's no heat between him and fucking Turner. Um. Also, from the things I've heard, like the whole shit with Turner trying to put him out of business was not. That was not sort of Turner Vince's. himself. It's just more of the Turner name just happens to be caught. Well, no, it's more that that was the Vince's side of the story. Turner was just trying to run a fucking network. Vince was, he's trying to put me out of business. He hates me, blah, blah, blah. You know, like I've heard that Turner didn't really even give a shit about WWE. You know, he was just like, I'm just trying to fucking provide content for my channel. I like it. Makes Good sense, thanks, dude. Yeah. That's my pick. And uh, when you guys get into your next one, I'm going to go out and grab another beer. So I'll come back and you tell me what category we're in next. Okay. Adam, what do we have next? We have our person of color. Okay. While I'm not a fan of this category, because it, I don't know, 
To me, it should have been called something else. But anyway, I'm going Bad News Brown. All right. Bad News Brown is a bad motherfucker. Bad News Brown took no shit off anyone. And he would kick you in the back of the fucking head if you looked at him sideways. To me, he was a badass. To me, he was the top of the mid card. He never held a title in WWF. But he was at several WrestleManias. He was at three, four, five, and six. I would say in some pretty high profile matches. Wrestled Coco at three. Was in was the winner of the Battle Royal at four. Wasn't among the final two. He won the Battle Royal at four. Turning on Brett. He wrestled at five. He was at six against Piper. When Piper was in that famous half and half makeup job. I'm going Bad News Brown. In this category. Bad motherfucker. And you know what? You could even call him my mid-card pick. You could even call him my headliner. Bad News Brown was a bad motherfucker and deserves to be in the Hall of Fame no matter what category he goes into. Which which category? I just got back. Which category is this? Adam stated person of color category. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but Bad News, bad news Brown pick. could have been my mid-card. He could have been my headliner. I've got other names for those, but mix and match... Pick as you choose. Bad News Brown needs to be in the fucking WWE Hall of Fame. I don't care what category he goes into. I agree. Who did he wrestle at five? Why am I forgetting this? uh, Five, he wrestled... um... Okay, Piper was six. Five, he wrestled Beefcake? Did he wrestle Brutus? No, that was Brutus and Perfect. Um... No, Brutus, Brutus and Perfect was six. Was six, yeah. Bad um, News Brown. Shit, I don't know, man. Was he Adam, we might need a fact check here. Uh, I'm on it right now. Let me see. Bad News wrestled somebody. Was it, it wasn't Jake. Jake wrestled DiBiase at five. Hacksaw yeah. Jim Duggan. Hacksaw. There you go. There Thank you, go. you. Now, for the record, did Bad News ever lose at a WrestleMania? Because I believe with Hacksaw, it was a double count out. Four, he won the Battle Royal. Three, he beat Coco. Six, wasn't it a draw with Piper? Or did Piper... I don't think he won. I think it was a double DQ. I think it was a double DQ. Look, Bad News is undefeated at fucking WrestleMania. Bad News has a better WrestleMania record than The Undertaker. And Ultimate Warrior. (laughs) Oh, fuck. That's crazy. Yep. All right. That's yeah. That works. <laughs> Undefeated at WrestleMania. Yeah. So there you go. That's my pick. Bad News Brown. Awesome. That's a good pick. All right. Uh, mine is. Hold on a second. Shoot. My notes just went berserk. Okay. I had a few people in mind, but I think I want to say this would be the most deserving right now. Go ahead. Mabel. What? AKA Mabel Viscera Big Daddy V. What the fuck? Who invited okay. Mabel? Go ahead. Okay, so I'm I'm in the Viscera and Big Daddy V era. I. It's more of a, I chose this pick because of 
You're having a hard sta- time explaining this. <laughs> it's because of the standard of who's already gone in. Like, uh, okay. who's that? Who's that one uh, who sets the bar for uh, whoever goes in the Hall of Fame? I'd say Coco Beware. Coco. Yeah, Coco. that that one. Okay. Because Great Khali got in last year, I think that's like a dictation of a big wrestler standard and therefore I would put Mabel Viscera Big Daddy V in I think I'm okay with this yeah. I mean I don't hate it I just you just weren't expecting that no <laughs> from Not my from my uh reaching out of left field uh <laughs> and pulling out a crazy answer you really weren't expecting this one you you do okay. it every time yeah, right. I don't hate this pick, dude. Honestly, like I, I could see Mabel going into the Hall of Fame. So, so in other words, like deserving, maybe not top priority right now. That's fair. Definitely not top priority. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. Then I guess I'll go on to mine. Um. This is the person of color category. Yes. All right. Um. My person of color who should be in the Hall of Fame is Akeem the African Dream. Wow. 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 Yeah. Jesus wow. Christ. <laughs> yep. But I love this Holy pick because shit. Gang finally gets in. Yep. Right. And we're not putting Gang in. We're putting Akeem in. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking around. It's not <laughs> actually Akeem. Slick is applauding you, dude. Uh, well, I'm glad you mentioned Slick because Slick is my actual pick. Akeem, nice. the African Dreams manager, Slick. Nice. Um, I love it. He is the only one of the big four. I, I mean, I don't. that's not a real term, but call him the big four manager of the 80s, early 90s, Slick. How the fuck is he not in? Our, he should have been in right after Fuji. You Agree. know, because you had. Agree. Because he went in 2004. Jimmy Hart was 2005. And I think Fuji was the year after that. How, like, how was Slick not the year after that? I or Dude, 100% if, on board. Or even if you're like, oh, we'll wait till our first one in Texas would have been, which would have been 2009 for 25. There's, it's ridiculous to me that Slick, of all people, is not in there. Um, he came to 80, to just to go into his background, he came to WWE in 86 with Butch Reed. He bought half of, he bought half interest in all of Blassie's guys, which was actually kind of a cool little twist like that's the only time i've ever seen it happen where someone's like oh i'm gonna buy out your contracts you know yeah and we're to um, assume that these guys just had money to do this slick was paid dude he was paid yeah i mean you, you don't dress like that if you're not paid right he had a cane um, yeah early on he managed um butch reed nikolai volkoff borzukov chic one-man gang hercules rick martell um power power and glory and the warlord now he sold Hercules to Bobby Heenan, which was great because <laughs> that was a great angle. And I'll tell you why. Because Vince McMahon was on commentary and Vince was disgusted that Slick would sell Hercules to Bobby Heenan. <laughs> they treat they basically treated this like a slavery angle. Right. Completely ignoring that in the NHL you can trade a player. Right. You know? Like in any other sport, you could just sell off a guy's contract or trade him. But no, no, no. This was disgusting. They treated it like it was, you know, the 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 fucking triangle trade was going on with uh, <laughs> between Bobby Heenan and, and fucking Slick. How dare they sell um, a white dude? Yeah, right. 
<laughs> enough's enough and it's time for a change <laughs> um slick was great because he was always in the middle of some shit every fucking he was on every saturday night's main event he was on every episode of superstars every episode of wrestling challenge every pay-per-view he was right there because he managed so many fucking guys um big fucking part of saturday night's main event um my favorite episode of Saturday Night's Main Event is the one in which he brought in Zeus to whip Hogan's ass before a cage match with Boss Man. Now, I'm like nine years old at this point. Ten or, no, 88? Ten years old? Ten, eleven years old? I completely bought into this. I was like, fuck, man, that guy, dude, that guy's Zeus, the dude from the fucking movie, is here to whip Hogan's ass. Like, I completely bought into it. Yep. Um... And that's the match where Hogan took the suplex off the top of the cage, which was the craziest thing I'd seen for, fuck, 10 years, you know? Nobody like, did that to Hogan. Yeah, until like until Foley jumped off the cage. I mean, you never saw shit like that back then. Right. Um, he became Reverend Slick after that. Yep, good guy. Which he was, an, uh, yeah, he turned, he was like a face manager. He was an actual Reverend in real life down in Texas and I think Mississippi. Um, he tried to straighten out Kamala. Which would have made Kamala point, pointless if it had worked. Right. Um, he became an analyst on Primetime, and then that was sort of the end of it. Like, when Primetime went off the air, Slick disappeared with Primetime. Um, other highlights, he turned One Man Gang into Akeem the African Dream in an alley via chicken magic or voodoo or something. Dumpster fire. Um, yeah. Um, he turned up a few times here and there since then. Um, he was the the reverend in the AJ and Daniel Bryan wedding, which would be like the biggest thing that's happened since then. A um, couple of fun facts about him, drunk facts, even. Um, he was billed as 5'11". He's actually six foot four. And I mentioned that on, I think it was the Black History episode, where when I met him, he was fucking huge, way fucking bigger than I thought he was. Yeah, are we going to talk about when you met him? Yeah, well, and also that. He's not only tall, he's big, just like a big, wide big big dude like way and that just that says a lot about how big um akeem the african dream big boss man were yeah, I mean, he, boss looked man, like yeah. A, he looked like a small skinny dude next to them but he's a big motherfucker yeah notice they put um, him with bigger dudes right kamala one man gang w- warlord boss man warlord right but when you when you see him up close he's fucking really big yep um he won a slammy for best personal hygiene he was part of that concussion lawsuit, which I don't know why he would be part of that. And I think that's why he's... He should have been in the Hall of Fame before that because that lawsuit was like in 2016. He should have been in the Hall of Fame like in 2006. But I'm sure like that's not helping his case with going to the Hall of Fame. You're going to bring the up crazy thing. music, right? Um, okay, I'm getting to that right now. Thank you. This is the thing. I, t- I texted you today, said I found out an insane fact about someone in my Hall of Fame pick. Oh, this, this is the, is the guy. Fact. This is the insane fact. Jive Sobral, he was the only manager who had music. All the other dudes would like bring a wrestler to the ring and the wrestler would have music. And even back then, not all of them did. He was the only guy who had a manager's, as a manager, he was the only guy who had his own music. So every wrestler came out to Slick's music. The reason they did that is because the song fucking ruled. Yeah, Jive it's still, Sobral. to this day, one to of the greatest day, wrestling It's themes. the greatest. I don't know how the fuck it didn't make my um, list on the uh, theme songs episode. Um, big fuck up on my part. Here's the crazy part about it. 
if you look it up, it's written by David Wolf. I thought David Wolf was Sidney Lauper's um, manager, but he's not. He was like some sort of producer at WWE. He apparently just sort of changed the lyrics around and changed the arrangement. Dude, it's a fucking cover song. Really? It's a cover song. The original song is called Jive All Foe, and it was done by a guy called Captain Chameleon. Like, I think it was like 1980 or 1981. It's on YouTube. Um, I'm going to use this as the outro for this episode so you guys can hear it. But if you don't, if you don't listen to the outro, go on YouTube, look up Jive All Foe by Captain Chameleon. It's basically the exact same song. Slicks is a little faster and Slicks voice and lyrics are slightly different. But uh, that was, I could not fucking believe it when I read that. That blew my mind. I never knew that. Holy shit. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. To this day, one of the best entrance themes in WWE history. Yeah. It's the best. It's the best. Yep. Yeah. And that's it. That's all I got to say about Slick. That takes care of that category. Moving on. Our, the woman that uh, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. I'll lead off. I'm going Victoria. Well, fuck. Uh-oh. Can, can I say something really quick to help save time? Yeah. I also pick Victoria. Okay. Um, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. It's a three for three. There we go. This is a triple crown. It's a clean and sweep. I, di- I didn't pick an alternate because I didn't think, you know, I, I was like, oh, no one's at, no one else is going to think of Victoria. So, um, Well, this will help speed things along. Yeah, totally. Look, how do you not put Victoria in your Hall of Fame? Why is she not in there yet, WWE? Well, it's one of those things. What it's the one, fuck? It's, it's, it's yeah. one woman a year. Well, yes, but you had Stevie Richards by your side. That should be a shoe-in for the <laughs> Hall of Fame. Stevie Richards should induct her. Exactly. Thank you. Ooh. Now you're talking. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, I guess we can I'm, all just sort of fucking I'm, get in on this one. Two-time WWE champ, five-time TNA champ, one-time TNA tag champ. And owner of a Chicago-based wrestling restaurant. Yes. Um, Square Circle Square Pizza. Square Circle Pizza. Yep. Yeah. Right. Currently you've seen appearing. ringside at many Raw shows. Yeah. Right. That dude, that, yeah, that dude with the uh, douchey blonde hair. <laughs> I want to say maybe The Undertaker would be the only other one, but she used an actual song from Pulp Culture from pop culture for her entrance. Okay. That's I, a big bit of confidence. So I yeah. have that I have that in my notes. She used um that song All the Things You Said All the, all all the things, things She Said All the Things She, she said, said by Tattoo. Yeah. Now, Scott, you can go back further than Adam can. Um is this the first song, the first real song that a wrestler has used besides when I know Hogan did some video packages with Thigh of the Tiger. Yes. I don't know if he I don't know if he actually came to the ring to the song. But if he did, is this the first real song that someone came to the ring to? Uh, no, since, because since the U.S. Express used Born in the USA. Oh, okay. Okay, but that would have been before. That and that would have been, been like Hogan. 84, 85? Yeah, so that would have been before Hogan. Uh, not necessarily. They might have used it at WrestleMania. Okay. All I right. couldn't tell okay. you because I didn't see the original airing of WrestleMania 1. Okay, so between 85 and 2003... Nobody had a real song besides Victoria, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. And that's a great song, too. It's awesome. Yeah. 
I love that when she started coming out because I'd heard that song before that, and then when it, like on the radio, and then when she started coming out to it, I was like, holy shit! And it, was, it fit her character perfectly. She did that kind of like. I don't know how you describe it. She was like fucking nuts. You know what I mean? She was sort of a lunatic. She's, yeah, she was a badass. I mean, yeah, it was, it was that transition. Man. In that transition, like she was a dancer, but party party girl. But when she transitioned to that, that cycle just wants to wrestle and wants to hurt somebody. This was the song and it, it really fit. Right. Also, like 2002, 2003, or the uh, like the bulk of uh, her era d- at uh, WWE, she is a fucking wrestler during the bra and panties era. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank yes. you, Adam. She was kind of the first one of those, right? Because even Trish, well, Trish had been doing some serious matches in jazz, and Lita had too. But she transitioned. But- I mean, they rightfully changed and adapted. Yeah. And, and, I have no doubt they brought her in for that reason, right? And and Jazz. Um, they brought him in to, like, let's get them to be doing real wrestling matches. Like, this is a chick who's a wrestler. Let's put her in the ring with the other chicks, you know, and let's start having some good matches. That's when they really, like, decided to commit to the women's division. And sort of built it around her. Not around her, but around her wrestling skills. Like, anyone can get in the ring with her, and they the match would be pretty good because she was so good. Yep. Widow's exactly. Peak would fuck you up. Oh, yeah. That was I no joke. Say, I would say, like, maybe finisher-wise, she'd be, she'd be like, top five most effective finishers of great finish. all the wrestlers and it was, that are there. And it was a great finish because she had a Widow's Peak is why it was named that. You know, because she had that. Um, I would also put her in the Hall of Fame for having the best hair in the history of wrestling. Hmm. You mean pull picture of her looking like she had fucking amazing hair, just like these great curls, and she had that widow's peak. Um, but have you, you even know? seen the Mulkies, the f- dude? <laughs> Shit, <laughs> yeah. And the fucking dude, and she come to the ring, and she was like kind of the first one who was like ripped, but like hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The China was like China, or like even Tori. Um, you know, the original Tori was whatever, but like Victoria came to the ring. And she was kind of like sort of the first person who came with that combination of everything where she was strong. She looked like she'd whip your ass, big fucking arms, big shoulders, but fucking super sexy. Yeah, she she was was gorgeous. Yeah, she was like, yeah, gorgeous, told beautiful fucking hair, great ring gear. You know, everything about her. She was she was kind of the first one I can think of who was like the total package. Good point. Good point. Great, great TNA run. Um, Adam, I know you're like much more into TNA. than either are yeah um but um no everything she did was i have nothing but good things to say about that's great all three of us picked her clean Love sweep it. and you also could, also you could catch fun- her and mickey james and so Val grown ass women tv mm-hmm. um drunk fact she has the best um wrestling sex tape maybe the best celebrity sex tape hmm mm-hmm. hmm mm-hmm. hmm uh, that might be another episode. That could be its own episode. Okay. Like that could be a 205 for a couple weeks when we record again. The fact that there's a number that, that, that we could choose from. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good idea. Yeah. We're blessed as wrestling fans to have a selection of them to pick from. Hey, and actually Victoria have is a fucking amazing wrestler. And what a great time badass. to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a time to be alive. <laughs> 
All right. Mo- well, then moving that's... on to our tag team. The tag team, or I guess tag team, or group, or faction, but tag team. Yes. Yeah, we go. And I'm going demolition on this one. The I fact that were. they are three time tag team champions and not in the Hall of Fame. What the fuck? Seriously, Demolition isn't in your Hall of Fame and they won your title three times when nobody else had even won it multiple times? That's a joke. Demolition has to go in. Totally agree. To- completely agree. Hey, um, by the way, my <laughs> uh, to add on to the earlier problems of the night, my iPad's about to die. Um, oh, good. So, if, so if what it, you're saying is you need to hit that fast forward button. If it dies before we're done, I'll, I'll hook the phone up and we'll just, we'll fix this. We, we, we won't have to start over again. We're going to power um, through. Totally agree with you uh, with Demolition. Um, Demolition, besides the Rockers, I think were the best tag team of the 80s. Um, o- only reason I didn't pick them is because I knew you were. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. All right, Adam. Uh, a little bit of a geography on this. Uh, for at least one of them, I think this would make both members two-time Hall of Famers, the Acolytes. Ooh, very good. Oh, that's okay. Solid pick. I mean, it would be back-to-back for JBL, but who says you can't have two in a short period of time? I think uh, the last one would be uh, X-Pac with uh, the DX induction and last year's... Uh, uh, NWO induction. Nice, so Adam. I it's like not it. it's not impossible for it. I know it just seems unlikely for a multi-time one to be like that. But I definitely think if you're going to if you're going to go big in Texas, might as well do it that way. Whoa, shit! Echoes galore. All right. Also, uh, I just don't remember if at the time of the invasion. If the APA were the moral leaders of the WWE at the time, but whenever there was a brawl that had to be done, they would definitely be front of the line. So, uh, I think just many versions of them, whether uh, corporate ministry or just being the APA with the fucking awesome door gimmick, like... Did you just walk into our office? Knock on the door. They even do it to the rock. Like nobody is safe from their shenanigans. But uh, I mean, they have great range. Ministry, poker players, beer drinkers lead you into war. And then, uh, I mean, and then there was the breakup uh, that was caused by Paulie that created uh, uh, JBL. But... They also, st- Adam, you have not mentioned yet their match with uh, Public Enemy. I would just like, I would figure because that's in our arsenal already, everyone should know. But yes, uh, make sure you check out that watch along episode where they beat the chocolate out of Public Enemy. Ran him out of or, town. As I think, as Eddie would say, uh, because that show was on Sunday Night Heat or that match was on Sunday Night Heat, we don't uh, want people to see you get beat up we just want you to get beat up <laughs> and yeah, exactly. boy do they fucking deliver so yeah. tough motherfuckers three-time tag champs apa deserves it totally okay um my tag team is um the rujos oh oh 
I and I knew you were going to object to this, Scott. Um, I, I don't necessarily object to it. I'd like to hear your reasoning. So this is my um, uh, what the fuck's his name? Coco Beware pick, right? Um, they accomplished nothing. They won no tag team championships. Um, in fact, Jacques had a better run on his own as the Mountie. He was a tag team champion, I think, once. And he was three times champion with Pierre, who is now called PCO. Yeah, with PCO. Um, they had very little success, but they were always kind of there. You know what I mean? They they teamed up with Jimmy Hart. They came in as, as um, faces yep. in um, like 86-ish, 87-ish. Yep. After about a year, they turn heel, and then so they're from they're from Montreal, and they started doing the "We're All American Boys" thing, and yes, they, like they were um, the Fink would announce them from Canada, but soon to relocate to the United States. Um, they were just like douchebags, like you just hated them, and there was not really a reason to hate them other than that they they didn't really do anything that should make you dislike them. They were just fucking obnoxious. Yeah, but they were fantastic wrestlers, both of them. They were really fucking good. They did that finisher where Ray would pick the dude up on his shoulders like a doomsday device. And um, instead of clotheslining him, Jacques would hit him with his dick. <laughs> like it was like a flying butt pliers <laughs> off the guy's shoulders. It was a great finisher. Flying butt pliers. Um, like it. And they did these just obnoxious fucking vignettes with Jimmy Hart. Um, I know that they don't have like huge credentials or anything like that. I just, to me, like when I think I old school tag team wrestling they're right there because they were just sort of they were probably at every Wrestlemania during their run um, and to be fair most wrestlers were back then because they'd have like 11 or 12 matches but they had good matches with the Hart Foundation um, good matches with the Rockers they were just a great team you know I just thought they were really really good wrestlers um, and that's kind of it I mean that's really all I think about it I just thought that they could have a good match with any team there um, and I liked him. And, and Jacques trained and, KO. Um, um, Jacques trained KO and um, took all his money. And KO hates him. There you go. Okay, that's reason enough for me. That's <laughs> and that's all I got to say about them. Look, I would put them up there with like the Killer Bees, right? Like you mm-hmm. had those '80s tag teams that were there as nothing more than you're going to win a few, you're going to lose a few, but you're never going to win the titles, right? And that was the Rougeos. But like you said, they always had a good match. I can't even argue with it. Good pick. Yeah. Thank you. That takes care of our tag teams. Now we have our two mid-carters. Okay. For my two mid-carters, argue as you will, I'm going Rick Martel. And I'm going Haku. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm going to throw this out here. One of my mid-carters is Rick Martel. So, How was he not an Intercontinental Champion? In what was like the height of the mid-card in the early 90s? Right. Where those guys were getting the tag title, or they were getting Intercontinental title runs. His mm-hmm. gimmick was so strong. And how he never won the IC title. Look, if he had beat Razor in the finals of that IC tournament, I would have 100% believed it. Like, Rick Martel's gimmick was so strong as the model, I would have 100% been on board with him being IC champion. He was right. believable. His gimmick was strong. He was a TV champion in WCW later in the 90s. Super strong mid-carder. 
a tag team champion. Uh, what do I have to say about Haku? Guy could pop out your eyeball if he wanted to. And he was a tag team champion with Andre the Giant. One of the first guys to slam Big John Stud. Yeah, yeah. Two guys that I think are overlooked on the mid-card should be in the Hall of Fame. And Haku is still working to this day. We saw yeah. him at that New Japan show at the Cow Palace about three years, two two years ago, three years ago? Three years ago, yeah. You're right. Yeah, right. And I mentioned this recently. I forget what episode it was, but Haku was picked by the King of Tonga to go to Japan and train in sumo. So, like, he's... He's that he's legit enough that the king was like, I would like you to go and represent our country and beat the fuck out of people. Right. Another guy with a bad motherfucker wallet in his back pocket. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have, um, I don't have a Haku I have, but I do have um, Rick Martel. And um, quickly, like, you're totally right. And I really like that you pointed out, like, how great that was a really good time for the IC Championship because you had Brett, Sean, um, Texas Tornado, Razor, Razor Mr. Perfect, like a lot, of Mr. Perfect, yeah, like some big badass motherfuckers were tag team or IC champions back then. You're totally right. The model would have made perfect sense. Um, just to go over a couple of his credentials, um, he was tag tag champion in all Japan, Georgia, Vancouver, Portland, three times with Roddy Piper in Portland, Calgary, Australia, Puerto Rico, WWE twice with Tom Zank and once with Tito. He also um, held the AWA title. Um, he was also the AWA champ. He was the heavyweight championship in Hawaii, Quebec, Portland, New Zealand, AWA. He was WCW TV champion. And somehow yep. I missed that he was tag champion with um, Tony Gurria, right? Yes, he was. Shot Tony Gurria. And um, I don't have a shot here, but I'm going to slam the end of the cider for, t- for the great Tony Gurria. Cheers, Tony Gurria. Um, also, um, one of the highlights... Highlights of his career, he did CPR on Sensational Sherry. Oh, really? At nine at SummerSlam '92. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were fucking with me, dude. Yeah, yeah, uh, like a backstage thing or something like we none of us knew about. Nope, nope. Right there, right there on the ramp at fucking Wembley. Lucky. Um. Okay, so I'll go since we have the same one of the same mid carters i'll go into my second mid carter and adam can go after me um my second mid carter is the great d'lo brown i love it i love it so decorated so so to go into his championships european championship four times one time ic champion and he actually held the ic and european championship at the same time um which he might have been the first person to do that with those two titles he was and uh tna tag champion he was part of the nation of the domination. Um, and the big thing is I've been watching a lot of, so I added him to my list yesterday because I've been watching a lot of, um, like I mentioned it on here and on Twitter, I've been watching the attitude era from 97 survivor series kind of going forward. And I'm, I might start around, I might finish around WrestleMania 18. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, this motherfucker was on every episode of raw. He was on every pay-per-view. He was right in the middle of everything. He's right there with um, Mark Henry in the whole fucking situation with Terry and everything. He's just like, he was as, and and it was a two hour show back then. TV time was very, very competitive. If you look at the roster back then, probably 25 to 30% of the roster got TV time every week. He got TV time every week. He was, and it was, and the reason was because he could get in the ring and have a good match with everyone. Um, after 99, 
he kind of got bumped to the lower card, the lower mid card. I don't know if that had anything to do with the draw situation. I hope not, um, but I don't really know. And then he started the thugging and bugging thing with Teddy Long, <laughs> which was sort of, I think that was in order to get Teddy Long over as a manager instead of a referee. Um, that's when they were doing the thing like every match is racist, which was great. Um, and uh, just for drunk facts, he lived all over Europe as champion. And he had a peck that healed slower than uh, Bob Orton's arm. <laughs> and the best sign I saw the whole Attitude Era was a D'Lo Brown sign where, like, the head moved back and forth like him. I, I think you pointed out perfectly, like, considering the competition that was TV time in the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. D'Lo Brown was always there. That spoke yeah. volumes about what WWE thought about him at the time. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was so decorated with titles, I I love your pick for the mid card, dude. That's fantastic. Right, there was never any designs on having him being the top guy. He but he was a great mechanic. You could always count on him to have a good match. Always had a good match, and the company could see that. You know, yep. like they they knew like oh just oh this guy put him out there with D'Lo. Yep. it'll be fine. Yep. you know. Yeah, and they brought him back later on, like 2009, 10, something like I didn't write it down, but later on. He did um, come, make a comeback in the HD era. Yeah, yep. yeah and, I, and I remember um, hearing a podcast with, I think it was Jericho's podcast, interviewing Raven. And Raven was saying, like, if I were Vince, I'd get some old school guys back and have them, like, work with these guys on house shows. And the name he mentioned was D'Lo Brown. He said, I would get a guy like D'Lo Brown and have him work with the young guys to get him trained because that's a guy who can teach them how to have, you know, because having a good match is more than having, more than doing good moves. And that's D'Lo Brown got it. You know, he's just great fucking, really good performer. I love it, dude. Great pick. Thank Thank you. All right. So mine, I'm going to go with Bob Holly and Matt Bloom. You may know him better as Albert. Oh, you're you're doing both at the same time. Okay. Yeah. You got you guys did both, so. Yes. I figured that was the combo. Alright. No, that's fine. Yeah. I would say like so Bob Holly, I don't think he was ever like he was never bred to be a heavyweight champion. Somehow I think he's okay with that. I think it's more of it's uh, like The Undertaker. He doesn't have to be the heavyweight champion to know that he's a fantastic fucking wrestler. Right. Um, it's just that he has so many years of actually putting putting in very great quality work. Uh, yeah, multiple gimmicks. Uh, when I started watching, it was uh, yeah him and uh, Crash Holly. They brought in uh, Molly as well. But then... Uh, once, unfortunately, uh, Crash passed away, Molly started her singles career. Bob would have to have his own singles career. It made me interested in what he's uh, done in the past, and he's j- just a strong work ethic. Uh, Alabama Slam could really fuck someone's back up. Dude, that's a fucking badass I mean, move. That's gnarly as fuck, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just all consistency. Uh, and he was all about loyalty. Like, he was always mm-hmm. loyal to Vince. WCW mm-hmm. offered him a contract. He said, fuck no, I'm sticking with Vince. 
it was all about WWE to him. So I love that pick, Adam. Great pick on Hawley, mm-hmm. man. And he oh. had a long, long run, right? Yes, he did. What was yes, he there, he 12, 12 years or something? Yeah, and then when things kind of dried up on SmackDown or whatever, they moved him over to ECW. And he put over the yeah. guys in ECW. Like, he was always... Like, Eddie's talked about Lance Storm always being, like, a good hand or, like, D'Lo mm-hmm. Brown always being a good hand to have a good match. Like, that was hardcore Holly as well. You could always count on him to go out and have a good match. Or if you needed a guy that needed a lesson in the ring... Bob Holly would deliver that lesson for you. Like, he was that dude. Right. Like, if you get parking tickets on a guy's car and somebody needs to straighten you out, <laughs> That's Bob Holly's the one to do it. Here comes Bob Holly with a fucking Alabama slam. Set you straight. <laughs> also, his last uh, tag team alliance was with a very young Cody Rhodes. If you remember that storyline, uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. shows up, says, Hey, I got a mystery tag team partner, and we're going to. We're going to destroy the two of you. Turns out it's a double or it's a turn where Cody Rhodes is actually the partner. They ganged up on Bob Holly, but still, even before that, Bob Holly really put a good rub on uh, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, at least Bob Holly never got a horrible <laughs> but, neck tattoo. <laughs> that's true. But I'd still say that's a great vote of confidence that Cody <laughs> got. He, yeah, he didn't get a tattoo on his neck of his dad's stomach blotch. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! <All> right. <laughs> you know, Bob Holly's actually a really good one. I didn't think about that, but Bob Holly's got to be. So of all the names we've mentioned so far, like he's kind of the maybe the only, nah, not the only one, but one of the very few. Then I'm like, why is he not in the Hall of Fame? You know, yeah. like. I can think, okay, so D'Lo, like, I'm sure at some point D'Lo's going to be the black guy that goes in, in the Hall of Fame, right? Or Demolition did the lawsuit, Slick did the lawsuit. Bob Holly seems to fit right into the kind of category that we have every year. There's never, I've never heard a single bad word about him from the company, nothing like that. Like, that's sort of kind of a mystery. Like, why is not, why is Bob Holly not in the ring? His time's coming. For sure. They're just looking for the right spot to fill him in. Yeah, I mean, how many fucking times was he hardcore champion? Oh, I mean, he dude. had a lot of titles. Six, he was probably... Uh, I think uh, it said six-time champion, three-time tag champ. Okay, wow. okay. Um, also, not to go back to people I didn't pick, but you mentioned him and Crash Holly. Crash Holly was my first pick for the dead wrestler. Okay. Because um, I thought, yeah, I don't want to get into the whole thing, but I thought that would have been a really good pick. But uh, blah, blah, blah. I thought Adam might have picked him. So mm-hmm. um, he didn't, but he picked Bob Holly. Yeah. But a guy that benefited huge from the rub of hardcore Holly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that just speaks volumes about Adam's pick as he should be going into the mid-card slot. Absolutely. Also, like, with um, Crash Holly being from the Bay Area, you know, and, like, things like this. Like, I saw him as a leprechaun early on. <laughs> yep. Like, I almost picked him, but... um, No, great fucking pick, Adam. Love that. And then, okay, um, Matt, Matt Bloom, really quick. So, Prince Albert, Albert from TNA. Uh, he's Albert with X Factor. Teams up with Scotty Too Hottie to be the Hip Hop Hippo. A-Train. And he's Lord Tensai. So, a lot of identities there. But and still. took over for Hugh Morris. In the training department, when Hugh Morris had kind of a falling out. 
Oh, I didn't know that was the circumstance for it. We didn't but, need to go into detail on that. But yeah, yeah Albert yeah, took over for Hugh Morris when Hugh Morris kind of got the stink on him. Yeah. He like smacked someone or something, right? Like he yeah, was like, multiple a little handsy things, with yeah. someone. Yeah, it he was like, multiple spanked, things. He like, so, spanked fucking Liv Morgan or something. Yeah, he got out of line. So oh. Matt Bloom had to come in and be the good guy Straighten and set things straight. Yes, good, good, exactly. Fix it so up. fix yeah. it up. Um, totally. I think. I mean, I definitely think he deserves it for uh, his uh, in-ring appearances, of which includes a two-on-one match against The Undertaker at Mania uh, as a train. But I would say it speaks more of him as a person and as a coach. I would say now would be a good time to put him in because it's more of a nut. Yeah, because it's a nudge of how great he is at the Performance Center and would be more of a competitive rub to uh, the value of NXT as the midweek competitor of Dynamite. So I think giving him that recognition puts value back into NXT and that, yeah, that midweek, do I watch one or the other or which do I like more? I would say it gives NXT that appreciation back. So it's one of those where he's still working there, but definitely give him a Hall of Fame uh, no, uh, rub. Nub. Nub. Rub. Damn, fuck. Whatever. <laughs> Congrats, you made the Hall of Fame. Let's get handsy. All right. Here's your nub. <laughs> well, he was uh, part of the tag team TNA, so, you know. <laughs> Shit. That All right, that's a good pick. That takes care of our mid-carders. It's time for the main event, our headliners. And my number one headliner, Bam Bam Bigelow. To kind of go back to Adam's shocking dead pick. Yeah, I know. Shocking, right? But the best big man of all time, the guy's got to go in. I don't care that WrestleMania is in Texas. Bam Bam is from Asbury Park, New Jersey. Doesn't matter. Best big man of all time. Should have been a bigger deal than what he ultimately was in wrestling based on the matches that he had, the spots he was put into. He is my headliner pick for the Hall of Fame. I got to agree with you other than the fact he's he's dead. You know what I mean? Like we're never going to have a Hall of Fame headliner who's dead. No, and but... I agree. I agree. That's why this one is totally different. I don't even know who would induct him. Right, because isn't Humperdinck dead? Well, it'd be oh, Humperdinck then then it would have to be Gang, um, or Taz, Taz. maybe Barry Windham, Taz. Taz, yeah, one of those guys. But he had such great matches with everybody, you yeah. know. And in in 1987, dude, he was in the Survivor, the inaugural Survivor Series main mm-hmm. event. He was the final Survivor Series guy from Hogan's team. Yeah. The final survivor. And he was in the ring with Andre the Giant. Yeah. Of course he laid down for Andre. That's that's how that was supposed to go in 1987. Right. I thought he was going to be a bigger deal at WrestleMania 4. He moved mm-hmm. on to the NWA. Unfortunately, he never won a title there. Came back to WWF. Had a better run in WWF. We've talked about his matches. Doink at a WrestleMania, you know, in a mixed tag. Lawrence Taylor right. at WrestleMania. But he carried, but he carried that motherfucker to a good main event. No, he really did. Like Lawrence Taylor was the draw of that main event, 
But without yeah. Bam Bam Bigelow as his opponent, who do you put in the ring that makes him look good? That could actually carry him to that match. Then he went on to ECW, had a stellar run in ECW as the triple threat, as a heavyweight champion outside of the triple threat. The dude was a fucking badass. I love yeah. Bam Bam Bigelow. I've always thought he should be in the Hall of Fame. To me, maybe in my eyes, because of nostalgia, whatever you want to call it, he's been a bigger deal than he was actually presented in wrestling. I think ECW really capitalized on who Bam Bam was. That's my headliner. Very good. I'd say for this one, if Austin can be from Victoria, Texas and be inducted in Dallas and Kane can have it a short period of time after wrestling, I don't see why not this guy uh, just two years uh, separated from his last match. The Undertaker. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dallas instead of Houston, I think he could afford that. Beyond deserves it. I don't think I need to cover him. Nope. <laughs> you don't need to justify Undertaker as your Hall of Famer, dude. Yeah. I think you're right, Adam, and I'll tell you why. Um, he's, he's the biggest fucking star in the history of the company, right? As far mm-hmm. as, like, having a long run. Like, nobody's... And I mean, not even just... Maybe not even in the history of the company, but, like... In the history of like anywhere, like who's ever had a thirty-year run like that guy? Like a thirty-year dominant run, yeah, like dominant, like a a a main event top tier guy for thirty years. Like I'm not sure anyone's ever done that. Like not even even if you go way way back, you know, like um, Buddy Rogers didn't do that. Bruno didn't fucking do that. Um, None of those guys did that. Also, who had had to reinvent their gimmick that many times? But not. Yeah, but like reinvent it slightly because like like I said earlier, I've been watching the Attitude Era and like the Ministry Undertaker is only slightly different from the mid '90s Undertaker. But to be able to different. take that gimmick, right, right, to take, okay, like, you're gonna be a dead dude and you're gonna go right. to the ring and you're gonna no sell people left and right. Who could have taken that gimmick? You were supposed to be short term, right? Like I think ultimately he was gonna be running through people. He was mm-hmm. going to be fed to Hulkamania. Hulkamania feasts on this guy named The Undertaker. Hulkamania moves on to bigger and better things. Undertaker is a long-forgotten gimmick. It, exactly. The way the company was structured back then, he should have had a good 16-, 18-month run. Maybe, and yeah. And then the Survivor Series, he's laying down for Hogan. Right, but he was so goddamn good that it turned into 30 years. You know, like, I mean, yes. that's got, like, nobody's nobody's ever been better than that guy. And was that WWF's machine, or was that was that the Undertaker himself well, being able to make the gimmick that fucking good to last thirty plus years? Well, I think anyone who's been in any, especially the bigger promotions, who's been that big has been a combination of things. You know, like Hogan wouldn't have been that big without WWE. Um, right, it's that magic Sean, potion, right? It's anyway. like lightning in a bottle. Like you've got to have the right combination of factors that happen to make you a big deal. Right, it's kind of like putting a band together, right? Like ACDC wouldn't have been as big without Angus and Brian, you know, or Van Halen wouldn't have been as, been as big without Eddie, Alex, and um, D- Diamond Dave, you know, Undertaker and Vince McMahon, Hogan and Vince McMahon. But Undertaker was like the crucial ingredient to that. Yes. And he was, yeah, I mean, it's hard to, 
Undertaker was my first pick. So I spent all week trying to think of a headliner for this. And I, I like really was just, I couldn't think of anyone. And then suddenly it hit me. I was like, duh, Undertaker. But yeah. then I was like, well, fuck, someone else is going to think of him. So I got to come up with someone else. So I like tossed him. But Adam's totally right. And he's right specifically about this year. Because like, why wouldn't you put him in, in there? In I know he's from uh, like down by Houston originally. Or, you know, outside he, of Houston. I think uh, for like for Billings sake, uh, he'd be from Houston. But. I mean, you're in Texas anyways. Close enough. Yeah. Right? Dallas is like three hours from Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like out of all the picks on this show, Adam absolutely nailed this one 100%. Like, he did. This is like the bread and butter of the Hall of Fame, a hometown pick, the headliner for the Hall of Fame. Of course, it's The Undertaker in Dallas. Right. Boom. Right. So Adam and nailed it. And because yeah, and- WWE doesn't have like that five year rule that sports does. Yes. I mean, this- exactly. Like it just goes without saying. This guy's done everything. Of course, he deserves a Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, yeah, Dutch he's in. one of those yeah. first ballots. Like you don't even argue it. Absolutely. Yeah. Say what you say what you want about Hogan, Austin, Rock, anyone. Undertaker's the biggest flair. Undertaker's the biggest star, the wrestling star mm-hmm. of all time. Undertaker's one of those guys. Like you just talk to some random dude at work, and they know who Undertaker is. Yes. You know what I mean? Like he's he's a household name. He has been he's been a household name for like twenty five years. You know, like yeah. Not his whole run, but fucking eighty percent of his run. Yeah, like, and and what he, kicked that off? Defeating Hogan at Survivor Series. Defeating Hogan at Survivor Series. Yeah. Yep, and uh, that just shows the amount of faith that WWF had in him at a very very early stage in his career. Yeah. Right, like a year after his debut, he's beating Hulk Hogan. Like, that's a big fucking deal. Like, right. could they have even foreseen the future that Undertaker had in that character? Probably not, but they had a good idea. Adam, you nailed that pick, dude. Like, between hometown and guy that deserves it, like, Undertaker is that dude. Like, that is your headliner for the Hall of Fame yeah. I, 2022. 100%. I do my, I do my standing ovation uh, and wave to the crowd, but unfortunately there's a fucking wall and a picture of a flower. <laughs> So and, yeah. and you know what we all picked a wo- uh, we all picked a woman to go into the Hall of Fame this year. This is the year that they should put the Undertaker and his wife in in at the same time. Oh, you that's know a great Michelle. call. You know what I mean? Like she's obviously a Hall of Famer, and like we picked. I think we all picked people who sh- who deserve it more than. Her. Well, we all picked Victoria. Yeah. Um, I think she deserves it more than Michelle McCool. But put the put the two in together. And let them come up and do their speech together. Fuck it. You know who cares? I wouldn't mind that at all. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, I'll be surprised if they don't do that because I know WrestleMania is not selling well. So nobody's buying tickets to the fucking Hall of Fame. So put Undertaker on the stage. Mm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yep. All right. Um, so I will do my headliner. And I have Sid Vicious. Ooh. I. <laughs> wow. Right, wow. and like I said, I picked Undertaker originally, but I was like, no, because someone else is going to pick him, so I'm going to go fucking somewhere else. Um, I ended up with Sid Vicious because I just was just thinking about like late 90s wrestling, like before um, the Attitude Era, and uh, I was just fucking Sid. I mean, Sid was no fucking joke. He was WCW champion twice, WWE champion twice. He main event a WrestleMania 8 and 13. To me, if you main event a WrestleMania, you're an automatic um, Hall of Famer. Yep, agree. He main evented Survivor Series 96 versus Sean at the Garden. 
and walked in there as the baby face, even though Sean was the baby face, they were yeah. booing the fuck out of him and they were cheering Sid's ass. Right. Um, he also made That's invented the joke. He also made invented the Rumble ninety seven, which was the first non WrestleMania stadium show since the big event in Toronto in eighty five or whatever, eighty four. Also in Sean Holmes um, Town. Sean's hometown, San yep. Antonio. Yep. So I mean, that's fucking you know, he main evented a non WrestleMania stadium show. He was a four horseman. He tossed Hogan at the ninety two Rumble. He uh was friends with Papa Shango. He wrestled <laughs> like that, Van Halen. That's grounds for a fucking Hall of Fame induction. That's gra- yeah, exactly. I mean that's that's no joke. Um also, he had the best career-ending injury of all time. Oh, I can't even argue and, with that. Damn. And he wrestled, and he wrestled Van Hammer at Slamboree. God damn it! And he's the softball champion of the world. <laughs> and that's had, why I picked. He had to work softball and Van Hammer into the Hall of Fame episode. And that's why I picked. And I think Van Hammer should induct him. <laughs> nice. Or softball should induct him. So, <laughs> the whole sport of softball. The entire... Yeah, and and I use Finch. sport in quotes, by the way. Yeah, we, we should have the great Jenny Finch induct him. <laughs> the, the great. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I'm still I just mean, really, like, I don't, I don't think I have to like get into a whole diatribe about how great Sid Vicious was. Sid Vicious was fucking awesome. No, he really and was, he should, dude. He should be in the Hall of Fame. He really was. He no. He was a badass. He was a star wherever he went. Mm-hmm. As soon as he hit a roster, it was like, oh fuck, yeah. Sid's here. It didn't matter if he was bouncing back and forth between WWF and WCW. Whenever he bounced, it was a big deal. Warrior left the Federation in '96. Sid stepped in, and it was like, oh fuck, we've forgotten about Warrior. Sid's here. Yeah. And he walked in, and he became a big deal. The same thing happened when he left WCW for the WWF, and vice versa. He was a big deal wherever he went. He was at the top of the card. That's a great pick, dude. And the fact that Sid's not in the Hall of Fame yet, that's one of the biggest snubs going in the Hall of Fame. It's a big omission. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Absolutely huge. Yeah. Yeah. And and if I have one bad thing to say about Sid, it... It's that he named himself after, of all people, the bass player from a shitty punk rock band. <laughs> what, to his credit, he did change his name to just Sid. <laughs> yeah, like Just Joe. <laughs> just Joe, yes. And I think it was actually SYD at some point, too. But anyway. Yeah. The fact that the name Just Joe got mentioned on a Hall of Fame episode. <laughs> <laughs> think that shows that we need to wrap this shit up <laughs> i d- totally because i have to pee yeah right. we're in an hour and 20 into we're, a we're, 205 jive <laughs> i told you i told you <laughs> no i know i know i thought about that like earlier today i was like dude this is gonna be like totally a full episode also like earlier i was like i was telling carissa i was like oh we'll be done like nine and she was like dude just fucking stop stop telling me what time you're gonna be done because you're never yeah. done when you say you're gonna be done it's 10 23 right now yeah no 10 20 Eight? No, t- 23. Sorry. Around 10.30 and we're way past projections. Yeah. 
that takes care of our 2022 Hall of Fame picks. What did you think of our picks and who would be in your class? Please let us know on the social media platforms. Please uh, subscribe, share, and rate this show. And please tell your family, friends, complete strangers, co-workers, enemies, hookers. hookers. Uh, why not? Start, start a conversation with them. Be like... That one time Will Ferrell did that one thing. I'm going to start selling pop, but I'll be nice. Like, what hey, is he talking about? Remember that one scene in Talladega Nights? Like, hey, no. how's it going? How's your family? Want, want to buy some pot? I didn't see that movie. Okay. Well, on behalf of Eddie, who has to pee, and Scott, I'm Adam, reminding all of you to enjoy your buzz, watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching, and we'll see you next time for another great short 205 Jive episode. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. One, mm-hmm. two, three. Ring the bell. See y'all. Yeah, what's happening, brother? Bam, bam. Well, I met this lady and told her quite a story. Said I love her forevermore. But the trouble is, I tell the same story to every girl that walks through the door. <laughs> They love me, and then they don't Sometimes they do it, and sometimes they won't But I said to this one girl, hey you, get out She got to her feet and began to shout You're a terrible fool, a terrible fool And you always play with your friends Say what? You're a terrible fool, a terrible fool And you never get nothing in the air Oh, this is boy's Well, they thought this dude might learn a lesson, but I didn't learn a thing at all. Why, late last night, I was out there messing with a lady that looked seven feet tall. (laughs) Now that is a big woman. (laughs) Well, I asked a young lady to spend the night at my house. She said, no way, you child little mouse. I said, wait a minute, baby, I can take no more. Then she grabbed me by the arm and threw me to the floor, saying, Jabba.
Yeah. 